Yeah, so first of all, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for uh, uh, for uh, giving us this opportunity. Actually, what we do is we are we keep uh, we we interview uh, people who are known in their fields and um, senior positions uh, and known in the industry, and uh, the, we understand your perspective about behavior science and what's happening today in terms of you know change. Uh, all the things which uh, jargons which people talk about change management and so on and so on our effort is to actually work with the frontline to improve their performance so um, that's where uh, we if we get your perspective that will be very nice and we publish it to more than 3000 uh, of our mailing list who are mostly cxos of large uh, large organizations so they will have the benefit to get your perspective so that was the idea so what's the what's the format you share it in it's audio video both or uh, text what what's the format so we generally uh, record uh, with your permission of course um, if you are okay with that we'll record and then we will check out whatever has comes out first of all rashmi will translate it into an article send it to you and get your approval uh, if you are okay with that then in between snippets of uh, videos will be added so entire uh, one hour long video may become a little, I mean, people mm -hmm. may not be willing to watch it. So uh, we'll create an article in between, we'll put snippets. Is that okay with you? Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah. So shall we get going? Sure. Yeah. So Deepak. Uh, so do, you, uh, would you, do you have to do something if you want to record or you record in the middle or what, what happens there? I'm recording now. Okay. Oh, okay. So Deepak, first thing we would request you to uh, talk about something, your journey so far, um, and, uh, and, uh, and then I'll go with a little few, few other discussion points. Um, so what, what exactly would you like to know? Where did you start your life and uh, journey so far? <laughs> okay, great. So it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey, which has taken me through through many different places, many different uh, different kinds uh, um, kinds of work, and um, uh, enjoyed every enjoyed every bit of it. Um, so I think uh, means basically my basic qualification is as an industrial engineer, and then um, uh, followed by by MBA, and then uh, joined the workforce. Started off in a uh, in a company which made at that point of time uh, baby food and uh, uh, complan and nicil powder and stuff like that which was okay. glaxo um, yeah. and then the family products uh, division of glaxo uh, then made a quick switch uh, means after a couple of years i went in a totally diametrically opposite field where i was working in a company which made uh, forming fabrics for the paper industry Okay. So these these are the this was an industrial consumable on which the which the which the paper is is formed, um, and then after that I moved overseas from India with a with a Aditya Birla company uh, based out the company was based out of Singapore but I was based for them in in Vietnam, so Vietnam had just opened up for uh, foreign companies and I was amongst like the first few uh, first few people uh, people there we were. Uh, running a trading operation out of there, and amongst other things, we were uh, trading cashew as a as a commodity out of Vietnam uh, into the processing units in India. And for that company, I worked in two places. I worked out of Vietnam, and then I moved to Tanzania for a bit. Um, and then when I returned to India after that, I joined Bausch and Lomb, and I had a very long stint at Bausch and Lomb, around 14 years. Uh, 
uh, started off uh, managing their export sales. Uh, so I was responsible for sales in the entire SARC region. So I've traveled extensively across the uh, SARC region, um, including uh, means uh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, Maldives, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, all those all, all those countries. And then uh, headed the sales uh, for the north for the North Indian region out of the Delhi uh, regional office. So uh, amongst other things, it was Ray-Ban sunglasses and uh, um, the Renew Eye Care solution. For Bosch and Lom, and then I moved to the U.S., uh, where I was uh, part of a global project for uh, streamlining their financial uh, financial systems and the finance uh, cost transformation project. Um, from there, moved to a company which did health care in the Western New York region. Then uh, a long stint of ten years at at Xerox, uh, where many many different roles at Xerox. And the last one there, which was uh, till uh, last year. Uh, which was a very interesting one was around uh, bringing innovative and disruptive technologies into the uh, into the IT environment of a company like Xerox. Uh, so build the capability to quickly do um, to do innovation. So set up innovation hubs uh, so that we could uh, uh, prove out technologies like blockchain, AI, uh, uh, microservices, um, uh, block. I means uh, IoT and others. So pretty, pretty cool and interesting stuff. Uh, then did a short stint at Accenture where I was part of their CIO advisory uh, practice, um, dealing with innovation and thought leadership, uh, working with CIO clients uh, around the uh, journey to the future or the future role of the CIO kind of, uh, kind of conversations with them. Um, last few months I have been on my own as an independent uh, uh, consultant. So once again, uh, working with um, uh, companies and leaders, uh, several, including several startups, um, in uh, helping them uh, bring their product to market, while all while with some other companies on on digital transformation and stuff. So that has been my journey so far. Amongst uh, uh, the the things in this journey was I have interacted with um, as part of a group of uh, industry leaders. Um, I had, I had means I was part of this group which used to go to the Bay Area as well as Bangalore and uh, used to look at pitches of various uh, companies. Um, so the investors used to pull us in, uh, the, venture, the venture capital companies and all, because they wanted to get feedback from people in the industry uh, about how these products, uh, these companies, the technologies and products which these companies were working on how would they fare in the market and uh, with uh, with companies in america kind of thing and amongst the companies whom 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 pitched to me was a company called worksogo and uh, uh, that's where i met the founders of worksogo for the for the for the first time so that's how our paths intersected for the intersected for the uh, for the first time so nice nice so this is, I think, 2019, uh, 2018. You must have met with uh, Ravi. Uh, no, this was not. This was much earlier than that. It okay. was uh, 2000. I would say 16 or 17, maybe. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. you said you are from. Uh, you uh, you did your MBA from India. Which institute is it? I'm... I did from I I am Calcutta. Calcutta. Okay. And this mm -hmm. must be which batch. Uh, 
oh 87 89 so it would have been my my batch also but uh, so i am from i am bangalore 93 although mm. i completed my engineering in 87 but uh, i decided to work for a few years oh, okay so, <laughs> nice nice so where did you do your engineering from uh in those the days it was called as vrc rec nagpur okay yeah vrc vishwasraya so regional college of engineering yes 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 <laughs> so later on once i got into i i learned to say rec nagpur and then now it is it, it nit yeah now yeah. it must be nit nit nagpur yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, so, um, Deepak, we uh, know that uh, you have been a leader in terms of, uh, you know, digital transformation. Uh, and uh, we've also heard uh, from uh, many uh, our co-founders who have met you. Uh, you often talk about uh, missing human catalyst in, uh, you know, digital transformation management. Uh, uh, so, wanted to understand your thoughts on this and how do you think companies are overcoming last mile challenge because last mile is all about uh, human uh, human beings and uh, human catalyst to you know uh, embrace and absorb the digital transformation which is happening so your thoughts on this yeah. um, so it's 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 fascinating stuff but the interesting part is that in many cases now means even in the last mile the human uh, part is being taken out in several cases so there was this uh, startup i think which has come out with this robo vehicle which can which can drive on the sidewalk also and it will bring the supplies from the store to your home kind of thing so you just go and pick it out of that uh, out of that vehicle and there is no there is no human human interaction involved but that uh, that's beside the point you um, uh, uh, the the more important thing is means that uh, the human needs to be an integral part of the part of the digital transformation um, the digital without human uh, will not drive value to the extent as which uh, uh, involving the human in the right way or using the digital transformation to accentuate what the human does or extend the capabilities of the human uh, would be a better way of uh, of 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 digital transformation and uh, so it's a it's an interesting uh, thing in the sense that uh, one may think that okay machines or digital processes are more efficient and more more effective um, but it is like it's it's uh, but they are not more intelligent yet so they can be they can be efficient and they can be effective but they are not truly truly intelligent so we talk about artificial intelligence but we are still uh, way far away from general artificial intelligence where means uh, artificial intelligence can really think so right now it's in the stage where it can do but it cannot really really think um, and especially means uh, like the current scenario is playing out when the pandemic happened and suddenly all the data sets which were used to train ai algorithms in the retail space um, stopped working effectively because they had not factored in the kind of changes which the pandemic can bring about in terms of human behavior so those ai algorithms became meaningless so ai to that till to the um, from that perspective is still a lot of garbage in garbage out so if the data sets are not good uh, the artificial intelligence will be bad and so once again that human touch and feel the um, human ability to perceive uh, uh, 
how to judge the information that is still very much needed. Lost audio, Sanjay. Can you hear me? Yeah, now yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So very recently, uh, I was uh, uh, watching a you know a small documentary in uh, not short. It's it's actually one and a half hours in um, Netflix about mm -hmm. uh, what's happening in social media and how social media is being poisoned. And um, I was quite uh, surprised to see to know that uh, behavior science has gone quite deep into you know digital companies or digital transformation companies, so to say. But most of this has been towards, uh, focused towards, uh, you know, consumers. Uh, we haven't uh, seen many, meaning I haven't heard about or come across very many uh, companies which are focusing towards employees or making them more productive. So I think the most of the effort of behavior science so far has been as you say, persuasive methods have been to persuade somebody to watch something, take their attention or push them to buy. Now, what role do you think uh, behavior focused tech can play in helping people, uh, you know, central become central to their organization, actually becoming more, uh, you know, uh, productive to improve their performance? What is the role? Yeah, I think yeah means um... It, it, it can play a very, 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 very important role, a transformative role, uh, a disruptive role, um, because uh, means this, the, the basic framework of, of behavioral economics means uh, Richard Thaler and others in, uh, in the nudge theory uh, kind of thing means it flows from them and from earlier work of Daniel Kahneman and others. Uh, but the, the concept means, uh, is 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 well understood and as you said more more driven uh, towards consumer behavior so um, i uh, checkout aisles will be stocked with candy because they want people to to pull candy when they are when they are uh, when they uh, are going out of the store which brings an interesting aside that in california they are going to ban uh, uh, candy companies for keeping candy at the at the checkout uh, uh, counter they will need to keep fruits and other stuff there. So means that's a, another way of the nudge, uh, nudge working, uh, working in a uh, other way. Now I have a personal experience with the nudge. So because I have an eye watch and then it gives me those uh, rings about how much uh, you have completed your, your exercise ring today, move ring today, stand ring today. And it makes me feel good when I see all those, all those rings, uh, rings completed, which brings us to the, it brings us to your question in the sense that if I, as a, as a consumer or as a human being, feel positively reinforced by, by a messaging which the watch is delivering me, um, why wouldn't that work for an employee who is, doing, who is do, exhibiting the right behaviors um, or is achieving the right targets um, or has to be prevented from doing wrong behaviors? So in all these, all these scenarios means uh, uh, this kind of uh, reinforcing nudge could could uh, could could be relevant. So now the uh, the next point would be how how does that nudge need to be delivered uh, to uh, to the employee, and that's where the digital part of it will come into play, which would be either through their smartphone devices, could be a wearable device, uh, and um, could be embedded in something else which they carry with them, kind of thing. 
um, or could be part of their uh, of their in, uh, interactions which they do via their laptop or um, other 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 equipment so um, so definitely means lots of way where it 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 needs to be uh, driven uh, driven to the employee behavior and coming to and it links back to your last mile uh, question of earlier also in in certain extent because the, so right now suppose uh, one knows that a lot of work is related to delivery of stuff to people's homes kind of thing so there are so many people who have entered the workforce now as uh, either working for these big giants like amazon walmart but delivering to people's people's homes so that means uh, that those those individuals who are engaged in that work they could get uh, reinforcement in uh, to ensure that their driving behavior is okay um, that they're meeting their targets kind of uh, kind of thing so that's one one area where employees can be uh, can benefit from this kind of technology i'm actually changing subject a little bit um, mm -hmm. everybody talks about vuca uh, world uh, mm -hmm. you know volatile uncertain mm -hmm. complex ambiguous world and uh, we saw a big big uh, thing which is happening in terms of covid now the question is uh, what are your thoughts about how a company can make themselves relevant uh, and successful in this vuca world uh, how what can digital and human element the interaction between human and digital play in this companies becoming more and more resilient to this world because we believe that while this was a wake up call uh, but this is not uh, uh, you know standalone incident and like covid may not be in that uh, what you call uh, that kind of big uh, impact but things will happen things will come we will face certain things which we have never faced before your thoughts please so in fact i had spoken about this uh, a little while ago which was around means when we when we think in terms of resilience it means that resilience can also be can be broken down into like four distinct components so it could be it would be the people resilience process resilience technology resilience and uh, information resilience and in each of these spaces means uh, uh, if i try to link it back to our uh, to our conversation of earlier means the the behavioral uh, eco, uh, aspect or the pers persuasive technologies aspect can ha can can have a have a role to play so what role can it play in 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 people resilience uh, is the same point which we were which we were making earlier in terms of um, when people uh, do consistent right behavior or right actions they become more more resilient they become stronger they 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 learn to do things better it improves their resilience it it reduces the uncertainty uh, to a certain extent which which leads to improvement in their improvement in the in their resilience so an employee who is who is um, uh, exhibiting behaviors which are not aligned with the objectives of the company will drive the resilience down but if all are aligned in a, with a common purpose resilience of the company as well as the individual increases similarly in terms of the of the process because uh, uh, it what it could do is it would uh, uh, allow consistency of process um, consistency of process would re re result in 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 better resilience uh, technology resilience uh, uh, means indirectly it can it can it can play play a role because the people and the process have an influence on the technology 
similarly on the information resilience i cannot think of a direct example of how how it would help but um, i'm 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 definitely sure it can it can have a it can have a role to play and what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to link the conversation back to our uh, underlying theme of uh, of the behavioral the nudge uh, or the persuasive technology aspect sure sure now uh, you have talked about the front line uh, if i say uh, now if you also look at the managers or the hierarchy which manages this front line in your thoughts uh, what kind of tools can help them digital tools can help them and if at all they can help because today they managers or hierarchy face a uh, unique challenge of having too much of information too many analysis is being thrown at them uh, how can this digital tools help them becoming more you know effective uh, your thoughts on that so i think in this um, uh, given this plethora of information uh, what is um, what many times the managers are, are need are drivers for action so rather than rather than uh, uh, information per se uh, for many of the many of the kind of roles it would it it needs to be more around uh, what do they need to act upon um, so that's the that's the place where uh, so you are moving from say uh, analytics or or you are moving from business intelligence to actionable intelligence uh, to the next stage where you have these technologies which are helping them drive the action or reminding them to drive action uh, uh, kind of thing so that's where your persuasive technologies uh, uh, can can play play a role <laughs> so you in from a visual dimension you used to have like heat maps kind of thing but if the if the heat map is actually accompanied with a kick in the butt kind of thing <laughs> which can which your watch is giving it or your cell phone is giving it to you kind of thing I mean that's uh, uh, at least for for mid-level managers, and uh, when I say kick in the butt, it's not actually the physical kick in the butt. It could be in terms of a a, a notif alert. It could be in terms of a notification. Um, those kinds of things. So those can start playing a more uh, increasing role in uh, in in driving some kind of behaviors. Right. So uh, typically, in a frontline person, uh, the the behavior we want them to demonstrate is uh, that of uh, you know acting, uh, meaning uh, changing their behavior or building habits of uh, uh, doing the best practices, so to say. Uh, what kind of actions or what kind of behavior do you expect from managers for them to become much more effective? So. Uh... so managers again uh, deal with the, everything break ultimately boils down to interactions with people process technology and information and to a large extent managers deal with with people now what what happens generally in 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 many cases is that the um, manager may not be exhibiting the behaviors which help him or her being more effective in dealing with dealing with people kind of thing so it could be i'm 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 uh, i'm thinking of an example where it could be like the right behavior for a manager is is to praise the employee for when they do something good kind of thing so suppose that's a behavior which needs to be encouraged now if they don't do it enough if if and if you have some kind of mechanism 
which gives the manager feedback, which says, you know what? Um, all conversations are via phone or via email or something. The text can be mined. The sentiment analysis can be done. And it can give them feedback saying that, you know what? Um, your praise coefficient or praiseometer shows that you have not uh, praised your employees enough today or not congratulated Very them nice. enough today or not celebrated success with them enough today. Uh, means that that could be positive feedback feedback for them. Because right now what happens is uh, many times people get bogged down by the most recentness phenomenon. So if I uh, at 4 p.m. in the evening I praise someone and I'll think oh my god today the whole day I have praised everybody a lot <laughs> kind of thing or exhibited the right behaviors. But if all the information is available can be mined which is a which is which is again a say a digital or a technical solution and then sentiment analysis of the of of all the of the content can be done and you can get a feedback on overall whether your sentiment was aligned with what needed to be exhibited or was not kind of thing so those uh, it and it needn't be very prescriptive it maybe it, it can be it can be a simple you know what you get a green tick check mark or you get a red cross mark or whatever and a smart manager can know you know what um, and it could be accompanied with with feedback needs. You know what? Uh, why don't you uh, praise two more employees tomorrow? Kind of thing, something like that. And, and it, so that that could that could be like one way in which uh, technology can help managers become uh, better managers. And this was in terms of their people interaction. Beautiful. I think that's that's a nice. Uh, that uh, you said what meter exactly? I forgot that. Prism. <laughs> Prezometer, I just made it up. <laughs> uh, it was nice. So, <laughs> when we talk about uh, meaning information, uh, we also see the people down the line. Line. It is not only managers; even people down the line, which is frontline people, are uh, you know sometimes get overwhelmed with the amount of uh, digital exposure they have and the amount of information throughout uh, thrown out to them. So wanted to understand your, your perspective of how do you think leaders or managers can help their teams deal with the currents? It's all too much kind of, you know, overwhelming sense which uh, people are getting down the line. And uh, that is their impacting possibly their productivity and motivation. They don't know what to do and then they get confused and they kind of drop it. Uh, your thoughts on how uh, effective managers and leaders can help these frontline people? I think they can they, they can do a lot and some of it is um, and this this is an example which comes back uh, from way back in my past kind of thing and it, it's it's a very familiar one for everyone who who grew up in India uh, uh, as you as you will fathom is um, so when when we were kids and we used to we needed to get a shirt or a, a maid we our parents used to buy the fabric and then we used to go to the tailor. The tailor used to measure us and used to measure many different dimensions before he made he or she made the made the shirt for us, kind of thing. And and what in the U.S. would be called a bespoke shirt now means a very high-end shirt, maybe made may, maybe made that way with many different measurements and all that kind of thing. But then scientists were able to figure out that all those many different measurements can be boiled down to like couple of measurements. So it could be that your collar size and your inner arm length and these two measurements and you don't you don't need to measure the other other things. So and then someone even said, you know what, 
take them further, organize the data, and we'll just organize them in small, medium, large, extra large kind of thing. And more or less, when we buy those shirts, we find that they they fit us kind of thing. So statistics was applied to the to the measurement data which was there. All this information which a tailor used to collect was boiled down and reduced to like four things: small, medium, large, and extra large kind of thing. So so that information overload which was there was reduced and was conver converted to like these three, two, three metrics kind of thing. So similar kind of exercise needs to happen with all the other information which, which, which we have. So in that case, that reduction happened. Uh, in some other cases, that reduction has not yet happened. But I think slowly what would start happening is in many other uh, um, areas of operation where we have got too much information, too much data elements, people will be able to identify what actually is relevant and focus only on, on those things. And that's where like machine learning, deep learning, all those things will, I mean, statistical techniques and all will, will, will come to play because uh, ultimately a lot of that information is just noise. We can, uh, we can do without it and still, uh, still understand what's, what's going on. Thanks, thanks. Mm. Coming to the next question, which is the most classical question, whenever we discuss digital transformation or AI, there's always a, you know, fear among very many, I mean, we have heard from even some big business leaders, uh, apprehension about AI, will AI uh, kind of replace human beings? Uh, uh, and uh, people talk about this movies, which have come in the past, you know, two, three decades, Arnold Schwarzenegger coming from mm -hmm. the future and all this kind of things. So um, uh, your thoughts on, uh, you know, does it need to be AI versus humans or uh, can it be, can future be reimagined as AI plus humans? And uh, have you seen any examples of that kind? So, so first of all means this uh, fear of AI um, is not actually fear of AI per se. It is the fear of humans for anything new or different kind of thing. And especially on the, on the technology dimension. And it has happened through the ages. So when humans would have first discovered fire, there would have been some people who would have been scared of fire and then other people figured out how, how to deal with it. And then we come back all the way till the industrial revolution. And you know, when the uh, loom was first uh, invented in, uh, uh, in England, uh, then there was a whole group of people uh, uh, who were then termed Luddites who went out and were breaking the looms because they thought the looms will be taking their uh, their jobs away. Of, they were means weavers and it will take their jobs away. Um, and then we have like the all the uh, horse cart drivers when the cars arrive saying, hey, our jobs will go away. because And yeah, the jobs went away, but the society evolved a new kind of roles and and, and things emerged. So similarly, in that same continuum, now AI has taken the place of that, that new uh, thing which we don't uh, fully fathom and we don't know what it can do to us kind of thing. And so people, people, are, people are scared of it. Now, some of it is due to the fact of uh, uh, AI, people not being able to understand, and this is, this is a key challenge and you must have he heard and read about it, is like, uh, why did AI do what it did kind of thing? So that's the that's the question because it becomes like a black box. Uh, so some it it performs an action and you you don't know why it did what it did. 
and that's why the whole drive towards explainable ai um, where ai can provide some explanation of why it did what it did kind of thing in a language which is understandable to humans so that's a there's a big drive for that going on so when once that happens means uh, some of the uh, uh, you can say the it's that that aura or awe needs to be removed and once the awe goes away people are able to fathom out like really 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 what is what is going on um so the next part of your question was uh, means uh, uh, can can you come 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 with it again sorry you're on mute sorry sorry yeah what i was trying to say was uh, if you if we hear any behavior scientist a behavior scientist says uh, that human beings i think there is irrationality of mind and mm -hmm. uh, a big part of our mind is uh, governed by irrationality meaning somebody may say 90% somebody may say 70% whatever it is it's a, it's a very big part of our lives is governed by irrational things uh, and wherever we talk about irrational things the emotions come into come into play uh, so ai is all about artificial intelligence so we uh, i don't know what we have yet to uh, meaning come across ae meaning artificial emo emotions or something like that you know uh, so question was that uh, when ai still don't have emotions uh, it's still uh, primarily with human beings is it possible to reimagine a future where ai plus humans will be way more stronger than just talking about ai and uh, in your own life have you seen any examples of ai plus humans actually being very very powerful in terms of delivering whatever supposed to deliver so what so I, I was in conversation with an ai expert once and it was our, the and the conversation went in this uh, dimension only which was like hey the emotions part part of thing and uh, he had an interesting observation in the sense that ultimately means emotions are also like uh, electrochemical uh, impulses in the in the human brain kind uh, uh, kind of thing so emotions can also be so what is anger means anger is driven by certain chemicals which are secreted in the body and then certain electrical impulses are being fired by the neurons kind of thing so so what we are quantify are describing as emotions today can very well be reduced to some equations or some uh, set of data at some point of time uh, kind of thing so it's quite possible means i'm like we uh, uh, that can happen means didn't like elon musk do an experiment recently with the with the some brain transmitter in the pig kind of uh, kind of thing uh, so at some point of time and even right now even with your uh, with your persuasive technology kind of things uh, some of the uh, the feedback or the iterative loop to drive emotions can already is already in place but it has and it has not yet been fully put into effect as a consolidated whole but in piecemeal it is already there for example um if if i am carrying my smartphone and i have my watch on and if i have some kind of wearable dress uh, wearable shirt or uh, with some embedded um, uh, sensors and all on means it can judge that uh, uh, there are certain things happening which uh, before i go for a cup of tea or coffee kind of thing okay so it knows that there are certain my heartbeat is at a particular level or certain chemistry or whatever they if it figures out 
then what prevents the next step from happening is that that impulse is sent to me that I start, um, uh, my body gets in that state that I want to go and get get coffee kind of thing. Is those those it could it could be driven that feedback loop can be can be created uh, uh, kind of thing. So it's when I'm happy, I eat chocolate. So why can't they figure out a way to make me make me happy? And they know that I'm happy when the temperature is at a certain level, when the lighting is at a certain level. It means all those are controlled by smart devices now. So they can, uh, um, or or the reverse side, you see that uh, uh, some conflict is happening in the house, say for example, and then suddenly the mood lighting changes, or everything in the house changes because the, the your smart device has detected. Uh, that it needs to uh, bring calm, calm into the house, kind of thing. So those kind of things will, will, will come because oh. uh, because all the information is there. All the all the devices are getting implanted in our life uh, uh, slowly and steadily. So so it is human plus AI. Um, already means in certain ways. Many many times you think, oh, I just thought of this, and I, my cell phone is. I, I I was thinking of buying a, a shoes. And all the ads are about about shoes on my uh, on my cell phone kind of thing, um, which may be because you did a search for it or you said the word shoe in the house and one of your other devices picked it up and so now they know that you're looking for a shoe and that will be that will be presented. But then the next step would be that they actively implant the idea of a shoe in that uh, in that messaging and you go out and say, oh wow, it looks like I need shoes now. Ah, interesting, very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Now that I think of it, I understand that uh, this irrationality is being used by emotions, has been used by advertising agencies for a long time. Yes, and then uh, on the irrationality means you must have read. It's one of my favorite books um, uh, by Dan Ariely, Predictably Irrational. So yes. human beings are irrational, but they are irrational in a very predictable way, and that uh, predictable way has been uh, used by. Uh, marketers and advertisers since yeah, uh, since ages and now what what is happening is that the technology uh, will help facilitate that even more it's right. already doing that but it will help facilitate that uh, facilitate that even more yeah no inter interesting and this is kind of a fascinating world <laughs> So coming yeah. to the last question uh, from our side, and uh, feel free to add whatever you want to say. But our question was, uh, we've heard about your four mantras of AI. So can you talk a little bit about your four mantras of AI? And if you can give a few business examples, that would be very really good. Okay. Now, now you are making me think. <laughs> I, I think the, the, the four uh, mantras... Um, uh, were um, one was you have to uh, think think uh, think big in terms of the vision so you have to you have to think big in terms of the vision for what what you what you want to do with your with with, with ai um, so you have to think big there but then you have to think small in terms of how you execute ai because you can't boil the ocean you'll have to uh, pick the uh, pick the pieces where, uh, which you want to do kind of thing. So many times organizations may not have the appetite to do a, like a big full full uh, blown uh, project kind of thing. So you'll pick the, pick what you can do. So you you think big, you you do small, and then you 
think partners because a lot of what what you are trying to do may not you the company itself may not have the capabilities to execute on their own so you'll have to find the right partners to help you help you do it and then i think the last one was uh, think people which is like it is not just uh, uh, artificial intelligence is not just about uh, about artificial intelligence or machine learning it is as much about people uh, as it is about about technology so even as you are thinking about ai projects and all you have to think about the impact it will help have on people and also how people can help you move ahead with with what your ai uh, ai objectives are so those excellent excellent thanks a lot deepak mm -hmm. for sharing your thoughts and i'm sure like all our uh, you know people who are associated with us in terms of their in our mailing list will uh, benefit a lot from your perspective i think personally i learned quite a few things today and uh, yeah it, you kind of opens your mind to think that yeah uh, ai is not only about intelligence actually there is lots of research happening also to decode emotions which is combined with intelligence and mm -hmm. very uh, you know reassuring to understand from your perspective that uh, humans are not going to go away but uh, you know it is ai plus humans rather than just ai alone mm -hmm. so thanks a lot for your perspective and uh, mm -hmm. what we will do as next steps is we will uh, uh, but before that if you if you want to share anything more uh, i will pause here and then i'll just tell, tell you about the next set of uh, processes yeah so it, I, what what i would add would be means in terms of a of a of a general message kind of thing is like every every piece of technology which has emerged over the years has helped us become better humans uh, or at least we have strived uh, to use it in a way which helps us uh, become better humans so i'm sure artificial intelligence also that way will help us become better humans will uh, expose newer dimensions of the human experience which we do which we have not experienced so far kind of uh, uh, kind of thing so when uh, when human beings just walked and there were no cars there was some dimension of speed or connectivity or whatever which was missing and then when automobiles came about we 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 discovered that and that that helped us get better then air fly, when a plane when the airplanes came in it connected the world made the world smaller so what what all doors what all avenues what all visions artificial intelligence may clear may create all of it may we may not be aware of it right now uh, but that doesn't mean that we should take the view that all of it will be bad mm. um, I, as an optimist i would think that more of it will be good some of it will be bad every technology has got its uh, uh, it's is a double edged sword so some of it will be bad but hopefully means ultimately it will it will it will all work out uh, for the betterment of human society so from information age uh, to we are moving into ai age or something yeah it means uh, so ai itself uh, it doesn't scare people much as much as like agi when agi comes about which is the artificial general intelligence because right now means uh, ai cannot think so the think part is the is the is the human part so ai still so ai can play chess and ai can play go and one one but but that is not thinking really kind of thing like 
can ai dream of the world which will be can ai invent an aeroplane where none exists kind of thing or or think of a painting uh, of a totally different kind but if you program it and it, you and say okay paint a leonardo whatever a michelangelo painting it can paint it but like just create abstract art based on emotions based on feelings write poems on means um now it is writing poems these days but now do they do they really reflect human emotion so that those those boundaries will blur it will keep on getting better and better uh, yeah. agi will come about and then once the once the chemistry of emotions and all is also understood and it can be reduced to mathematical equations then that part will also 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 come one day or the other sure. interesting so thanks again uh, yeah thank you as a next step what we will do is we will send the transcript meaning we will uh, we will write uh, an transcript of the entire interview uh, clean it up from our side and send it to you for your approval if you once we get your approval then we will go ahead and uh, we will print it and we will send it to all our uh, you know to all the people who are there in our mailing list mm -hmm. so that is the thing i and uh, look forward to being in touch with you deepak i think this has been really really eye opening stuff especially i didn't know about agi this is something very very new to me and i will read okay. up as a little bit more okay. so thanks a lot thanks oh, thank a lot you. no this this was great and rashmi you've got your work cut out for you because i rambled on and on so you'll have to make it make it very concise and uh, focused so let's uh, let's see what you come back with yeah yeah no actually i did so many interviews i think yours is possibly one of the most coherent ones yes okay. so <laughs> so to that extent i think uh, rashmi is today little bit lucky we are right okay. <laughs> great thanks your your prezometer is is working well <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay yeah thanks thanks Deepak, and uh, thanks and uh, look forward to catching up with you again perfect thank you bye 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 bye